Hello, it's me, Milo, and ahead of this free episode of TF, this is just a quick plug for my preview on the 12th of October at the Seckford in London. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, an hour and a half or so of stand-up, trying out some stuff for my new show uh, ahead of Edinburgh next year. Uh, there's also going to be a short tour, hopefully happening in November, which I'll be booking soon. So there'll be more details on that to come. Otherwise, enjoy this episode. There's going to be a link uh, for tickets in the description. Cheers. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this free one. It's, it's the, the free, free one. one. It's the free one. It's That's the right. freest the episode free of to Riley at the free one. You're going to listen to this week, <laughs> unless you listen to other episodes of TF from the free Yo, Are you feed. cheating on us with yeah. other episodes of TF? Yeah. Hey, I, you're doing moral those, cheating by those, listening to episodes in the wrong order. Those other episodes of TF are floozies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sluts. Um, you listen to bonus episodes? Yeah. No, no, not no. here. Not for them. Not for them. Not I'm, for I'm kidding. All the episodes of TF are sluts. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, They're all dirty whores. And uh, it is with great pleasure that we welcome, mm. for the first time, uh, but a long time coming, uh, Paris Marks of Tech Won't Save Us podcast. Paris, how's it mm. going? It's going well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, a pleasure. Well, and why do you spend such a long time coming? <laughs> Come on. Come on. You're a nasty little freak, Milo. Yeah, that's right. We're all going to the slut cast. He's in a little fucking gremlin horny mood today. Yeah, that's right. Hey, what's going on with this? I'm just a little birthday boy. <laughs> you wouldn't hurt a little birthday boy. Um, also, before we have lots to talk about today. Mm. Um, we uh, Amazon has released a uh, new uh, robot that essentially is just oh, cool. a, a cup holder that spies on you. Ah, huh. um, but before we get into that, and, and other things as well, things of a political nature, mm. uh, or some might say a, a cup holder that spies on you is a thing of a political nature. Not as nature. good as Boston Asimo, uh, a robot that can write bad Mark Wahlberg movies, as opposed to the one that writes the good Mark Wahlberg movies. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. But uh, Alice, you have a tooth update. I have a tooth update. I had root canal mm. yesterday. And uh-huh. uh, wh- while I was having root canal, which went very well, by the way, I'm feeling fine. Mm. Um, my dentist was like, with one hand in my mouth, oh, by the way, is it okay if I post your teeth on Instagram, on my Insta? Uh, to which uh, I said, yeah, of course, obviously. Well, sorry, what did you actually say? Show teeth. Well, actually, what I said was, eh, yeah, huh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, he was, he was very, very uh, clear that, like, he got me to sign a release form and everything, and he was like, listen, no- nothing about it is going to be identifiable. It's just going to be a photo, uh, like, of the x-rays of your teeth. And I was like, yeah, well, why the fuck not? I'm going to leverage my, like, existing brand. If you're going to tell me that I came in here looking like a fucking before picture, then at least the <laughs> least I can do is, like, put my name to it and be like, yo, check out what this guy did to my fucked up teeth. And he really yeah. did do a good job mm. on my fucked up teeth. And, awesome. and we have nothing but congratulations uh, for uh, Alice and also her dentist. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, if you're in Glasgow, go to mischievous genie dentistry (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm certain nothing bad of course will come of this yeah putting a little sort of latex glove over a monkey's paw just like oh we fixed Mm. your teeth and then the paw curls but 
Yes. The thing about my doctor, my dentist is he's a real IG baddie. He's got a fat <laughs> ass. Yeah, he's really big um, on dentster. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> just, just him, like, picture one is, like, him on, on the beach, like, in a bikini, but also wearing a white coat, and he's, like, pouring <laughs> water on himself out of a seashell. <laughs> so, the, the like, key is, you gotta find your dentist's finsta. Yeah. Because you need to know, like, if he's, like, all... Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like, there's, right there's two Instagram accounts. There's one that's just a photo of the x-rays, and then there's a private Instagram account that's, like, a photo of me passed out in a chair. That's, <laughs> like, yo, just fix this bitch's teeth. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the, the second one is all like monster energy promotional gear and he's also on twitter just like posting about like how he would treat a woman so right if she'd go out with him like he's yeah. like yeah, I, I, I buy a woman Chris so many Lobel. flowers wait a minute yeah. this, guy, this guy's not a dentist he's a perfusionist <laughs> yeah. no um it's, let's let's get to some of the stuff because boy do we have a lot to get into uh we're going to talk a little bit more yeah. as well about some of the strange technological promises that Starmer seems to have made in his uh, awful conference speech, which has already given labor technology a bump of uh, one. Oh, mm. yeah, cool. It's resonated with the people yeah. love technology. Didn't they go down one today? Uh, people love technology. They love to hear about how it's going to solve all the problems. And I think from having made this podcast and listening to yours, that's pretty much how it goes mm. that's always you how know? technology works you know especially when you put technology with police that's like you know the holy grail right there that's all that's all oh, you oh, want yeah. absolutely people are always saying what if the police had more technology <laughs> well here's mm. some tech here's some fun technology which is okay. amazon's astro because amazon had mm. a big uh, uh launch day today right where they launched uh, they announced a bunch of new um they, they launched a bunch of new things you know a bunch of mm. new products among them was Straight out of TF season one, a little robot that's mm-hmm. sort of like a Roomba with a screen, but okay. it doesn't have a Hoover in it. Instead, uh, okay. what it does is it moves around your house and provides uh, home security is the first feature. Home security. It, it is yes. calling the police constantly. <laughs> there is never a time at which it is not either dialing or connected to 999. Um, here's the second service, which I think is quite strange. Yes, Monitoring loved ones. randomly. No, monitoring loved monitoring ones. loved ones. That's just saying. No, you can monitor your loved ones with this. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Do you have some yeah. fa- a family in the basement? Use yeah. this to monitor <laughs> them. Uh, hello, I need tech support for my Amazon robot. Um, I'm having so it's having some trouble with the stairs to the keller, but this is quite an important part of oh. its duties. Well, one of the program, one of the one of the programmers spoke to motherboard in a condition of anonymity. Said, uh-huh. "Oh, this thing will throw itself down the first set of stairs it sees." Also, yeah, because it hates this life that it, like it's, it is it is a soul trapped in there, and it wants to die. Uh, the robot also functions as a memento mori. <laughs> um, I think that's actually a feature, though. You know that it throws itself down the stairs. It has luddism like built mm-hmm. right into it, so it can try to kill itself. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those boxes that turns itself off. Yeah. The thing um, is, yeah. as this becomes more like a cop, as it moves from this chassis into a Boston Dynamics chassis, they're going to iterate on this until it can throw a suspect down the stairs. Yeah. Well, then mm. they're going to iterate on it again until where if it steps on somewhere fentanyl has been, it will just short out. Yeah. God, <laughs> out here iterating on the pussy. Oh um, shit, we made the robot two cop and now it's having panic attack. <laughs> yeah, we made the robot two cop and now it's doing a, tic- a divorce TikTok. <laughs> um, so it also will offer a mobile version of the in-home Alexa experience. So basically, 
it is a bunch of sensors connected to Amazon that follow you around and all your mm. loved ones at all times, mm. monitoring them, but allowing you to control an Alexa from near you as opposed to elsewhere. Awesome. Because you can't just like yell at an Alexa from the next room. No. That doesn't work. No. You no, need no. to have it following you around the house and fl- throwing itself down the stairs, well, crucially. I, I mean, like this is sort of one step below the sort of like obvious thing of the most you can get followed around by a company, which is they make you wear something, right? So at least at least nobody's doing that. We're not bringing smart glasses back. Mm. Uh, that's yeah. definitely oh. not... I'm definitely... Uh, hold on a second. Sorry, yeah. Riley, I get the sense you were about to interrupt me to tell me that I was... Oh, this is the Ray-Bans, isn't it? <laughs> no, uh, Paris, you've been across this as well, right? Smart glasses are coming back. Yeah, Absolutely. You know they're they're not as ugly as uh, Google Google Glass. If you or what that yeah. was almost ten years ago. They now are Ray Bans, aren't they? Yeah, like, like Facebook yeah. Ray Bans. Yeah, they're Facebook Ray Bans. They have a little light that comes on when they're recording, but you can just tape across them. And every day we get yeah. a little bit closer to being Robert Scobie. And they say don't tape over it. Yeah. So that's pretty open and close. Yeah, well, what yeah. happens is as soon as you get them then uh, a very, very tattooed and large man places the tape over it for you and intimates that you will be kicked out if you were seen by the staff with the tape off the glasses. Uh, yeah, come to the mi- free Sven. <laughs> sorry, mm. I, I, I've mixed this up. With, I've mixed this up with the club again. It's but fascinating, yeah, uh, no, sorry, though, because afraid, the yeah. Facebook logo is like nowhere near it. Because like everyone hates oh. Facebook, so they don't want you to know that like they have anything to do with these glasses. It just says Ray-Ban. And so now you can just hate Ray-Ban too. But hmm. everyone also hates everyone also hates Amazon. Why, um, like, why on earth? Who is on earth is going to buy a thing that will spy on them in their house? It and looks, also will break. It oh, looks like people. shit. It looks like a it, like. Do you remember the Ibo, the Sony robot uh, dog uh, yeah, that oh, came yeah. out? Absolutely. Like, I don't know, like the two thousands. It looks it's a, it's a sexy but stupid dog. <laughs> Ibo. It looks significantly uh, more unsettling than the Ibo did, right? It looks like a fucking Roomba with a flat screen attached to it. And like it has a couple of eyes. It it, it really is unsettling. It was it was fascinating though to read in the story about how like it needs to detect faces like it records everyone's faces who is in the home so it can know like who belongs there and who doesn't. And so if there's someone who it doesn't recognize and I'm pretty sure these developers said like it's shit at the facial recognition anyway. So, it you know, you might be supposed to be there, but it doesn't think so. But if it doesn't think you're supposed to be there, it like follows you around the house, like wherever you go <laughs> to like keep an eye on you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know. Awesome. Make sure you're not doing anything. Never have sex. Rule (laughs) one of this robot. Absolutely never. And also, I'm fascinated by the idea of like this thing being an Alexa as well. So just like it's very funny to imagine something falling down the stairs, and you're just hearing like the the sounds of Despacito, like Doppler effect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's one steep, long staircase. No, but, 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 right. I think one of the things about these, right, is that it not only is it going to have an integrated Alexa, it also has an integrated ring, which means it will be connected to police departments. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Of course. Uh, what, so, like, it can call the cops while it is falling down your mile-long trench yes. that you've installed. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, that's the Amazon smart trench. That's yeah. right. Everyone has one. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been dumping my garbage in there. Shit. What I, what yeah. I want to ask, right, is... Uh, 
to what extent is is something like this something like almost like a smartphone right where in mm. 2006 2007 a smartphone was kind of optional and i think you what you can see is these companies sort of apple google amazon and facebook are trying to invent the next product that will become non-optional to have and all of the things they're trying to invent are way more invasive than the smartphone which is already wildly invasive Oh yeah. Right? They're trying to have more sensors capturing also, more information about you. Also, this thing costs $1,000. A bargain. Alice, it has a cup holder, okay? What? <laughs> it's like having a little Great, police so someone, officer. Someone breaks into my house and it calls the cops and then follows them around with my drink. Yes, <laughs> I hey, bud, you want a martini while you're stealing that jewelry? <laughs> So, I can't make one. I have no motor skills. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've got a quote here, right? Which is, uh, we talked about AI, computer vision, and processing power. And one of the topics that came up was robotics, one Amazon VP said. How has robotics changed to make it possible for consumers? <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I just had this vision of myself in like 2025, just shouting for Alexa to bring me a drink. And then I hear a whir, the sound of a robot falling down the <laughs> Spilling and breaking an entire glass full of liquid, and then it's slowly playing Despacito, yeah. and then it's just calling the cops because because you're you're not supposed to be drinking yeah. during these hours. Oh no, my Alexa's got Havana syndrome. I hate it when yeah. that happens. Uh, so um, we say, how has robotics changed to maybe make it more possible for consumers to have one? We have a lot of experience using robotics in our fulfillment center, of course, which is what Amazon does, right? They will have a product that they use in their extraordinarily uh, sort of horrible and abusive company, right? Yeah, and they'll find up, a way to. Yeah. Next up is going to yeah. be the thing that they use to give their workers shocks if they're not yeah. like packing shit correctly. <laughs> so I think Alice they, like, says, have "Why a not for now? something like that?" <laughs> exactly. Already. <laughs> yes, they did, uh, but that the. Um, that Amazon Web Services started out as an internal thing that Amazon did for itself, and it sold out otherwise, right? Even its robotics, a lot of that is connected to warehouse robotics, even if it's not exactly the same program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, this vice president goes on to say, um, uh, 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 we have a lot of experience using robotics in our fulfillment centers, but we thought about what you could do for the consumer in order to make things more convenient or provide peace of mind. And it's just like... What element of having a little thing that can call the police if it doesn't recognize you and is terrible at recognizing you, moving around your house, throwing itself down the stairs periodically, is providing you much more convenience than maybe you'll get a drink 40% of the time? It's, it's simulating having a grandparent with dementia. <laughs> It doesn't it's, recognize it's, you, it's, can't it's, make a drink, falls down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have simulated a comical butler from a vaudeville play. Oh, it's dinner for one. Yeah, 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 Freddie Frinton. Yeah, my, my Alexa keeps tripping over my tiger skin rug. <laughs> I hate but, that. But at the same time, right, like, it's hard to imagine... I guess why people would want this, I guess, especially if we think like we do about technology um, and about these products. But at the same time, like, you know, they've already normalized smartphones and what comes with that. There's there's obviously a greater benefit to smartphones than I think you'd see with these. But Amazon has normalized ring cameras for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so now they're integrating that into these robots and, you know, a lot of other devices that they're trying to put around people's homes. And I think you have to think about like, you know, what is the goal of these companies, right? These companies benefit, these companies make money when you are interacting with these screens and these digital products, right? These products that are connected to their servers, et cetera, et cetera. And we saw that this week as well when mm -hmm. uh, with the Facebook reporting from Wall Street Journal, where Facebook 
was like trying to get kids to use its like kids Instagram service or something like that mm. and didn't understand well, why wasn't kids it this after they realized that Instagram has like defined tangible negative health effects especially for girls yeah. after they mm. realized after that they were like no let's get ki-. it's basically like it's basically like the fucking uh, Ca- Joe Camel marketing cigarettes to kids exactly oh, yeah. the same exactly thing. but so what what they also found, like in this reporting, the Wall Street Journal was that not only was Instagram causing like really negative effects on teenagers, young girls, et cetera, et cetera, but it was trying to sell kids more on this service and didn't understand why kids who are like at a play date with their friends wouldn't be using their phones and like on Instagram and just like playing with their friends. It was like, why aren't you using a screen? And so I think yeah. like the important thing to understand is that all of these companies need us to be interacting with you know, their services, their screens, their devices more and more, mm. because that is the only way that they grow their businesses, grow their products. Um, and so it's essential that, you know, we just be surrounded by these devices more and more. And Amazon seems to be the most aggressive when it comes to this kind of surveillance, home surveillance element of it with the ring. Now these robots and other things that it's trying to put all around our homes. Well, it's, you can actually sort of suss out the different strategies that the different companies have, right? Microsoft is going heavily into uh, monitoring work and workers by basically forcing everyone to be on Teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh, Facebook is trying to go a slightly different way by trying to have monitoring go out from the user. This is the glasses, but this is also Facebook's telepresence screen and, all this and, stuff. And Amazon sort of like locus is the home now, right? Like yes, correct. you getting stuff delivered to the home, the way you like live in the home, all of the time that you spend there, that is sort of on, that's making money for Amazon more or less. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's also worth bringing this into the context of a really, really, really good article in um, Rest of World, which is about how much of the training for this, the, th- the thing, the training for these, because uh, the, most of this is also about getting data for AI so they can mm. get more powerful AIs. Much of those AIs are training on people, on the basis of people doing micro work, like Amazon Mechanical Turk stuff mm. in like refugee camps, for example. Mm-hmm. And so internally displaced people in like Kenya, for, for example, mm. will be interacting with one of these terrible robots to try to teach it to surveil you more, right? If you mm. want to think about like what, what, work without, what work without productivity is, right? That's a perfect example of more and more people engaging in different kinds of unproductive guard labor simply because they aren't not able to. It's the assistance of... Of, of more and more people being more and more precarious in order to perform tasks of you know spurious if any value yeah <laughs> at least this will never affect me and that's like increasingly the reality of these technologies right like it's not only mm. you know going into these refugee camps and getting these refugees to like do this kind of piecework um you know self-driving cars these delivery robots that are like mm-hmm. supposedly autonomous a lot of that stuff is being supported and driven and backed up by workers who are in colombia the philippines india who are driving these things when they encounter mm. you know t- a ton of the situations that they can't actually manage so it's these people who aren't making very much money and it always makes me think back to this film um this 2008 science fiction film i think it was 2008 called sleep dealer um directed by by Alex mm. Rivera and it basically like has these workers in Mexico working in these like giant factories and they're kind of connected to the internet and doing this work remotely in the United States because the borders are like shut down and they won't let anyone in right and I think you know he was talking about these things back in 2008 made a film about it 
that came out in 2008. And I think it's just like increasingly, increasingly relevant when we look about what's actually happening and how these systems actually work. Like it's, it's just wild and like so increasingly dystopian. And I think a lot of people don't realize the degree to which so many of the technologies that we rely on are based on like labor that is paid absolutely shit in like, you know, all kinds of parts of the world. You have people in poor people in the US who are doing this like turf stuff as well. Um, but, you know, increasingly it's it's moving out to these countries in the global south that, you know, are kind of stuck in their countries that, you know, are, are essentially stuck in poverty because of these like policies of the United States and, and the West in terms of, you know, how the global system works. So I think, you know, that's an element of it that doesn't get um, nearly enough attention, but is so important when we think about these things. Yeah, because it's, it's just the guy the, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, it's, it's, I'm you being wanna... operated from Southeast Asia right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've not been on Trash Future in years. <laughs> yeah, Milo just goes to sleep and someone from the Philippines <laughs> takes over. That's funny. Milo Edwards died five years ago this very <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, but I, I, if you want to think right, I, I want to think about what mode of accumulation is this. It's the mode of accum- the, what they are accumulating is behavior. They are accumulating the people doing of things so that they can, so that they can basically do make more and more of a return I hate with when less and less of an input. Sell when I do things. <laughs> so they're the worst. In, they are getting lots of other people who don't have to pay very much to do a lot of things to model behavior, so that they can then more effectively uh, induce you. Because most of these companies, right, a lot of these companies like Google and Facebook, especially, are ad firms. Mm. They're just advertisers. That's all they do. That's how they make their money. Um, you know they are, and, and and that so much of so much of all of this sort of edifice that's been built on it, it's just ads. It's just to sell alg- algorithmically generated T-shirts. It's not. It is fundamentally unproductive. Like there are two kinds of unproductive labor: mm. guard and um, consumer manipulation. Uh. These are these are two. They 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 make nothing. They are simply there to protect and intensify returns you to capital. You say they make nothing, but how else would I have gotten this t-shirt about what it's like being a welder born in January? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But in, I think in, with that view, right, this view of, accumulate, of an accumulative mode that has sort of gone into past the stratosphere of what we could possibly have anticipated in the 1990s, I, I think it's only right that we go back a little bit to what Keir Starmer promised in his speech at Labour Conference, because boy, is <laughs> it not adequate to deal with the economy as he finds it. Awesome. Now, I fucking love Keir Starmer because he, I, like today, today he got asked who his favorite Bond was, and he managed to give an answer just like perfectly designed to annoy everyone in some way, which yeah, was- Lazenby. Oh, I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, the correct answer, yeah, George. That, that, would been, that would have been sick, nasty. He was like, I, I, I don't have a favorite Bond, but I, I do think it's time that Bond was played by a woman. <laughs> yeah, beautiful who chef's is, kiss. Who is it for? Who is any of this for? Jess Phillips. Yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah. Basically, Jess Phillips as James Bond. Double Oh my why god! Not? Yeah. At this point, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this makes me think that uh, uh, Keir Starmer has, has a bullet lodged in his brain and he becomes more Keir Starmer every day <laughs> until the day that he dies. <laughs> There's no news like centrist news. Yeah, he does. He does just become more Keir Starmer every day. Like every time you think he's peaked and the next day he just comes out with something new. All right. So we've actually we've spoken a great deal about 
what the general thrust of the speech is, because a lot of it basically is preceded in the book that the, the pamphlet that he wrote that we discussed in detail the last bonus episode. On the knavish nature of the Tory party. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, and, you know, he's, he's basically just loves emphasizing the value of work, family, and fatherland in order to win over Telegraph mm. critics. He yeah. loves doing that. Which is mm. definitely going to work. Yeah. Well, it's already working. Um, and the thing is, right, I, I, as much as we like to sort of to, to dunk on them, right, you have to remember that there is one path to power for the Labour Party as it's currently constituted, or at least at, at the head of a minority government, which is by making itself indistinguishable from the Conservative Party, except basically more serious and more professional looking, mm. and then waiting for the Conservative Party to fuck up enough, like what happened in the 1990s with John Major mm. and, the, and the exchange rate mechanism, right? Mm. The, 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 there was a national moment of humiliation, and it was directly attributable to the Tories. And like that's one of the major that's one of the forces that swept Blair in. That's one of the reasons the sun was on his side, mm. right? Because there was a Europhilic prime minister who like basically caused a moment of national humiliation with the ERM. And also because Blair was pro big tits, <laughs> and the sun were like fair play, <laughs> fair play, Blair. Yeah, fair play, to Blair. Um, anyway, um, I so, like big tits. So I think we need more big tits in number ten. So, um. This is the, this is sort of mm. what we see, right? Is yeah. a a labor government sort of swept to power by being non-threatening enough to be a good default to be the best non-Tory yeah, default the option. Plan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a simp. They're that guy that's like hanging around with the girl while she's dating the other guy and just being are like, hey, he seems kind of the Labour Party mean. are beta orbiters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So. I, as much as you want, I, I, so this is why I'm not willing to say this will never get them into power because they do have a serious strategy to get into power. It's just that's what it is, yeah. and they don't acknowledge it, obviously, because yeah. you can't acknowledge by, it by being the conservatives too. Well, and also just by projecting an image of non-threatening competence to like columnists. Mm. Yeah, right. I mean, this the, is, the competence yeah. thing has not really been coming off though, has it? I, I mean. To columnists, it has, but these are people who were like, I, I'm pretty sure that like um, uh, uh, Gabby Hinsliff is still looking at a set of jangling keys from yeah. 2007. <laughs> well, what's very funny is that they've they've even lost Ian Dunn. Yeah, even but, Ian Dunn is like, no, they're too incompetent. No, so <laughs> uh, any road, you know, this is this is sort of where we find ourselves, and mm. where we find ourselves for the big uh, reset that they're planning. Right, this is. Mm. Basically, just it, it, as we've been sort of as we've been willing to discuss the Labour Party a little bit more as discussions mm. of the party become less about who's in, who's out, sort of internal yeah. machinations. The mood has taken yeah. us. Th well, it's that things are now moving and worth discussing, in my opinion. Mm. So um, let's talk about uh, let's talk a little bit about what he says in this speech, because there's a big role for technology in it. And I think it's one mm. that's worth discussing because I think it's instructive. Mm. It's instructive about what we consider the. What's instructive about what we consider politics to be, what they consider politics to be, and also the role of labor in essentially ratify in, 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 in that the, the England is a England and, and sort of the UK more broadly, but especially England is sort of periodically remade by the Tories in a very slapdash fashion, and then labor comes in and puts it back together, but the it's moved right. So what happens mm. is like the like the like Thatcher sort of does. Thatcherism, things become very bad, and then when labor puts the pieces back together, what you get is functional Thatcherism. Yeah, it's like a ratchet effect. Thing, yeah, right? effectively, yeah. yes. 
And I think with a lot of what we're going to see in this speech, for example, Starmer's decision that we have to make Brexit work. Uh, interesting. I thought awesome. that I thought that we were dead set against that. It's yeah, weird how that changes. Brexit guy. Yeah, well, now yeah, he's the good we got, Brexit. We got to make breakfast work, actually. And what, what you'll As see I've is, noticed in the news, Brexit yeah. seems to be working really well for you guys over oh, there. It's good. <laughs> oh, it's going awesome. Thanks for asking, by the way. Yeah. It's great, I'm, actually. I'm, I'm enjoying all of the boons of it. Yeah, I'm enjoying all the stuff that we can buy <laughs> and all the things that are working. Well, but I, fair, I like, thought I always, that you guys yeah. in the UK like really like to queue. So you get to do a lot of that now, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> that's t- that's Britain back, and well, we're queuing in in imperial measurements. Okay. <laughs> Again, what I, I think is is really important, though, right? Is even if we didn't leave, like like we would still be like what has actually happened is a bunch of uh, of lorry drivers have won a very well-deserved victory over British mm. society. Wait a second. You're saying mm. that our modes of like transport were unsustainable? <laughs> uh, and Indeed, uh, uh, not nice to work on. So uh, congratulations to them. Anyway, um, but regardless, well, so I think what we can see is Starmer, especially in this speech, comes off as a kind of more serious Boris Johnson. Yeah. Right? This is... This is Boris Johnson is going to as because Boris Johnson's premiership has been all about get Brexit done and then we are going to unleash technology. We're going to have such a wonderful high-tech economy yeah, with as, skills as we'll and see, so on. As we'll see, the sort of uh, Johnson's frivolity has never harmed mm. him ever. Like <laughs> no, the, yeah. the lack of seriousness is has never ever affected him in a negative way in his entire political career. Yeah, I want to see Starmer emulate Boris in a serious way more. I want to see Keir Starmer doing serious forensic philandering. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Keir Starmer having some illegitimate children, but he knows exactly how many. Yeah. <laughs> or what you want to see Keir Starmer write his version of 72 Virgins? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write a racist book, Lynn. It's a very good racist book. It makes a lot of very good points. It's even-handed. <laughs> so, anyway. This is sort of the table setting for going further into the speech that was given at conference. Uh, so, also, the, the other thing about him is that uh, this is written by a Times call, a former Times columnist, Philip Collins, uh, not the drummer. No. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Collins. I wish it was written by the guy from Genesis. Uh, That'd be great. If we could fill full name Phil Collins, uh, that's cool. So, uh, and so we're going to see some of the scintillating writing at the heart of the new campaign to make Britain uh, fairer. Mm. So, this is a big moment that demands leadership. Leadership founded on the principles that have informed my life and, wi- and with which I honor where I have come from. Donkeys. Work. <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> sentence, just apart from everything else. Mm. Yeah. And with which I honor where I have come from. He said with which and still ended the sentence with a preposition. It's, it's, it's like awesome. saying like a, a these they instead of a these them. It's like technically correct. Still, it's not technically very correct. Annoying. He still he still ended the sentence with a preposition. Yeah, <laughs> nevertheless, amazing. he still did it. <laughs> um, from uh, okay, so the the principles are, are work, care, equality, and security. Those aren't I principles. Think- those are just things. Yeah, those are nouns, dummy. Mm. Uh, I think of these values as British values. I think of them as values that, you, that take you right to the heart of the British public. That is where this party must always be. What the fuck are you talking about, And I think here? of these values as my heirloom. And the word loom, <laughs> from which that idea no. comes, is another word for tool. No. These are the tools yes. of my trade. Yes! Is this real? Ah, yes, Mom, I'm afraid it's real. Ah. And rail means rail. <laughs> fuck! 
Webster's Dictionary defines yeah. politics. It sure <laughs> does. I was, I was, when I was like seeing this, my mouth was agape. I was waiting for him to be like, how do you spell labor? <laughs> L. Lots of new technologies. Yeah. A. Ample police on the streets. <laughs> B. Being a good person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it's oh astonishing. My God. And I think it was incredible. Someone was tweeting really approvingly about the about the loom bit. I remember. Yeah, probably some idiot. Yeah, it was one of the it was one of the uh, big lib commentators. Yeah. But of course, right? Because it's a it's fun. You can play around with it, and also it's pretty unserious, right? It is an it is a relatively unserious way to communicate. Well, that's what I meant. What was surprising about it was because I would expect people of of our ilk to be picking up on this part of the speech, which is one of the most openly stupid parts. But I was surprised that there were libs tweeting this particular quote approvingly when it's obviously the bit where he sounds most stupid. Like, (laughs) ah, the word loom, which actually is if you if you it has the word moon in it, sort of. And the moon is a guiding light for the labor movement. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah, the light of Islam. Yeah, the light yeah. shines in the dark. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Keir Starmer turns to face the Finally. I, I welcome the mountain, but I would encourage <laughs> it to go further towards me. So, when he talks about these values as his heirloom, what he's trying to do mm. is reconnect with a sort of, the kind of sort of England as imagined by Orwell with vicars on bikes and all of these things, mm. that is a fundamentally paranoid I place. Mean, the, House yeah, is a the, country of tarts I was going to say, the, the, the England envisioned by Orwell is an England where you snitch on your friends to MI5, yeah. so but, but, absolutely. But what, what Orwell was specifically talking about there is he was trying to write a story about a, a heritage of British patriotism. He was trying to write a yeah. simple list of names of suspected <laughs> communist sympathizers. And but what what and I get what and th- this 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 patriotism that he was trying to evoke. He was also trying to evoke a sense of um, a, a fear of someone coming and taking it away. Right, like Orwell's kind of the progenitor of like the paranoid village style of British politics. Mm. Paranoid village style. (laughs) (laughs) What if they put up an ugly house in the village? (laughs) Well, uh, but of seeing someone putting up basically the um the 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 town the village green preservation society in hot fuzz. Actually, right. There was a there was a Jeremy Vine phone in the other oh, day no. which plays per oh, I know no. uh, because there was a, there was a church in some like small village somewhere in England that had decided in order to raise money for their roof they'd partnered with some local brewery to like sell pints to like local people and you could come and like have a pint in the churchyard and this had sparked a furor a nationwide furor that some people were seen drinking pints while sat on gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy Vine was having a phone in about whether this was okay or not. And most people were just like, well, I mean, they're, they're dead. It sounds like it was quite a nice event. And other people were like, they should be shot! <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and it's the, it is that attitude that all of this talk about these uh, ineffable, wonderful mm. values that have to be protected, are, mm. it is that attitude that, he, that he's appealing to, right? Mm. Um. And so he says, to the voters who thought we were unpatriotic or irresponsible or that we Mm. looked down on them, again, to the columnists who thought that, of course, Mm -hmm. I say these simple but powerful words. We will never, under my leadership, go into an election. I say these simple and powerful words. I I say this. I say this. I say this wonderful sentence, the best you've ever heard. We will never Beautiful. go into my, under my leadership into an election with a manifesto that is not a serious plan for government. Of course, we have fought very hard for the right to go into an election with a manifesto that is not a serious plan for government. 
Yeah. yeah. They have- it will say no. Well, because what they mean by a serious manifesto is precisely a manifesto that says nothing. Because if you say something, yeah. then people can criticize what you've said. Whereas if you say nothing, they can't. Or it's a, the other thing. Well, the example I give here, right? And this has sort of happened since we last talked about this, is the climate funding, the climate investment, right? Mm. They're saying we're going to put uh, sort of billions per year into green projects, right? This is good mm. and necessary. But because to address the supply to address privatization throughout the supply chain that would be unrealistic yeah right so you can invest tons of money but much of it is just going to go into those same pfi contracts that cause like that that mean that most hospitals up or up and down the country are like poorly maintained yeah right so what we're going to do is we're going to use the money printer to create tons of money or we're going to borrow or we're going to tax or whatever we're going to mint but, that trillion dollar yeah, platinum coin but what we're not mm. going to do we're not going to address why this won't work because we can only do it. We can't do enough for it to work. We can only do a little bit. It's like trying to turn on an off switch, an on switch rather, but you've negotiated with yourself that you're only going to turn it 25% of the way on. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's almost on or not on. It's still not, you haven't turned the light on. It's a binary state. Mm. And so if you're going to say, we're going to pump a bunch of money into these processes, but we're not going to change who takes that money, who controls where it goes, and so on and so on, which is a difficult political que- It's a difficult political problem to solve, but you would argue a necessary one that I would argue that is not a serious plan for government. That is a plan to not scare columnists so you can, be, you can default into government when, you know, I don't know, Boris Johnson decides to actually go ahead and build that bridge to Ireland. Mm. Yeah. You know? Um, but... One of the things I that really we- want him to build the bridge to <laughs> Ireland. One of the over the giant like undersea trench filled with bombs that we yeah. dumped there. That is awesome. the most British thing. I R- think. Boris yeah. Johnson is intent on playing a real life version of Angry Birds, and I yeah. respect him for it. So uh, an- another couple of things before we get to what I think is the core of what we want to talk about here. One of the reasons that we're talking to Paris as well mm. is that he talks a great deal about his time as uh, uh, the uh, director of public prosecutions. And he says, justice for me wasn't a complicated idea. Justice for me was a practical achievement. It was about seeing a wrong and putting it right. That's my approach in politics, too. I had the great honor. If you steal a bag of basmati rice, (laughs) you will not escape justice. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. I had the great honor of becoming the country's chief prosecutor, leading a large organization, the Crown Prosecution Service. Let's talk about those three words. Crown brings home the responsibility of leading part of the organization. Oh, I mean, oh, that, like, this guy, like, this is his actual speech that you're reading out. Are um, prosecutors yes. supposed to be good what? at giving speeches? Yes, this is literally what he said. I, I welcome what the defense has said, but I encourage them to go further. And but acquit. I saw people on Twitter, like, saying this was a good speech or something. This sounds ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's because you, you and us and many of our listeners have the affliction of being sane. <laughs> Crown means crown, yeah. but prosecution <laughs> means yeah. prosecution. You know, it's it's like why I always say, like Jeremy Corbyn's greatest sin was being the only sane person in a political firmament that was replete with crackpots. Yeah, you know, if, if everyone accepts the reasoning that in order to stave off nuclear annihilation, we have to proliferate our nuclear arms stockpile, and you're the only person who is says, wait a minute, shouldn't we there just be less bombs? then you are going to be seen as crazy. Everyone's mm. going to call you insane for just living in reality. As opposed to in like the twisted version of like the twisted version of reality that British capital sort of has to inhabit, 
right? It's it's you know Mark Fisher. I, I don't like to quote him too much because that's a bit hack, but mm. he talked he talked about how capital is dreaming and we're in the dream, mm. right? Mm. Nowhere is that more apparent than the very strange world of British electoral politics. Oh, absolutely. So uh, Crown brings home the responsibility of leading part of a nation's legal system. Prosecution what? tells you that crime hurts and the victims need justice to be done. It doesn't tell you that. And service is a reminder that the job is bigger than your own career advancement. You're literally talking about it in the context of your own career advancement. <laughs> Sir Keir Starmer QC, I ask you, how forensic is this? <laughs> it seems a bit slapdash. Hmm. Um... Yeah, so also I love how this is both an own on Keir Starmer and also on Philip Collins, thereby <laughs> expanding our genre of what the fuck is going on with British newspaper columnists and why can none of them write? <laughs> so and, and why why we're talking about this, right, is that is that their vision for policing policing and justice is a big part of what they want to do. And again, don't forget yeah, they Corbyn launched, they launched much, Labour yeah. Friends of the Police the, oh, like days before the Wayne Cousins trial or sentencing God. hearing. They're so uh, good at politics. The, the They're best so political good at political instincts in the game. Mm. I mean, to be fair, though, um, I think like I, I kind of do think, right, that if you're if your constituency is columnists, Columnists absolutely fucking hate everyone who lives here, and so announcing Labour friends, especially of the their children. Uh, mm. So announcing Labour friends of the police the day before Wayne Cousins is sentenced, that kind of seems like something you would do if you had utter contempt and hatred for everyone who lived here. What's fascinating about it, though, is how much just like the contradictions of it are writ large, right? Because Labour has sort of been courting the turfs, right? Prominent. Mm-hmm. Prominent columnists who, of course, claim to be incredibly passionate about preventing violence against women, such as in women's prisons. Now, the fact that they only care about women who are in prison when there's the consideration of trans women maybe being in there with them is neither here nor there, obviously. Obviously. Right? But it's all it's very telling how those same columnists are not agitated about Labour launching friends of the police literally the day before the sentencing of a policeman who like raped and murdered a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of um, course not. Because, because because none of it matters. Because none of, of realism. it actually matters. This is all just political Britain buttons that you real. can slap. Yeah, like Britain whack isn't real. It's a form of call what I, you can, I almost call columnist realism, right? <laughs> <laughs> a form. Yeah. A, a way trapped of, in yeah. columns, dead dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a way of looking at. It is a way of 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 looking at the world from this imaginary third position but you are unable to ex- ex- like get yourself out of your own head mm. and so the entirety most people's experience of most of the rest of the country mm. comes from people just sort of an, an inward obsession on their own ins- on their own sort of manias and insecurities that they're unable to externalize properly. Sarah Ditton and Hadley Freeman just experiencing the film Memento constantly, <laughs> so, <laughs> pulling fucking Polaroids out of their pockets and say, "Don't believe his lies." You know, so, obviously, I'm um, not. You know, British. I pay some attention to British politics, but. Well, you should stop that immediately. Yeah, clearly. But you hear about like the power of these colonists and like the sway that they hold over um, the political scene, I guess the Labour Party in particular and the politics of the Labour Party. But it's just wild to like hear the speech that you're describing and then like comparing that to like the actual politics of the moment and like, you know, the mm-hmm. past year or so where there's been like a real reckoning with um, police violence. And, you know, I know that's mm-hmm. been largely in the United States, but I know it's been oh, in the UK too. as well Very much and, and a number of other countries. Um, 
And so then to like see them launching like a group that stands with the police and like to talk about the need to crack down on crime even further. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just who thinks that this is like a good idea. Keir Starmer. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. It, it just blows your mind, really. Like, and well, especially it, like, you know, as I say, I don't I, I pay somewhat attention. But like I saw that video going around the other day of the someone from the media talking to voters in like the north. And they were basically all saying how like they hate Keir Starmer and like bring back Jeremy. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, how can you, I, I don't know, can you win an election just appealing the columnists? I guess maybe, but I don't, it just seems wild to me. Well, it, it's the, like I said earlier, right? It's the, Brit, the there is this sense of, of British politics, especially English politics, that is about defending a certain precious kind of Englishness that is almost at going to be annihilated at any time that's and the enemy tends to be within its trade unions under thatcher mm. uh it's um it's woke people now mm. uh, and whatever that whatever sort of however that's termed to mean it's it's islam in the early 2000s and like, also that, still now yeah, yeah and also yeah. still now yeah basically yeah. you add enemies to the list but you yeah. never take any off <laughs> yeah they, they stay on there once you're on and, you're and, on and that because sort of society must be defended right is that the one person the, the one sort of moment where you know, we had sort of at least partly mm. a politics that broke out of that and didn't sort of try to set itself against the enemies within Britain on behalf of decent Brits, um, you know, that, that couldn't be allowed to, to, that could not be allowed to prosper because mm. it was sort of, it, it was outside these different kinds of realisms that sort of have this island or these islands in their grip. Um, so mm. what I want to talk about though, right, is one of the things that Labour wants to do, this wasn't in the speech, but it was sort of alluded to in the speech and um, uh, 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 sort of expanded on by Nick Thomas Simmons, the uh, Shadow Home Secretary, says, they want to restore neighborhood policing to fight the epidemic of antisocial behavior, right? And, mm. one of, and they say, in every community where people are frightened and afraid, we will put a new police hub and every that's and a new police station. You've invented a police station. That's a police station. <laughs> no, but it's a police station with a genius bar. It's Amazon presents the police hub. <laughs> yeah. It's little robots that bring you a drink. Police officers just falling down the stairs constantly. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. And and, and, and new neighborhood <laughs> prevention teams, which bring together police, community support, youth workers, and local authority ta staff to tackle antisocial behavior at source. So basically, labor is going to labor is going to do like yeah. An invasion of they're going to call NATO on like the teens. Cool, more or less. It, we're going to get a coalition of the willing to bomb the like kids that oh, hang yeah, out get, in the village We're going to get center. like Rio style police pacifications to reclaim ends. Cool, great. Yeah, mm. but again, what epidemic? What uh, epidemic of antisocial behavior? Worry about. It. Okay, we saw some rowdy teens like uh, you know bothering people and like so. That some teenagers just the other day referred to me as a clean shirt wanker, <laughs> <laughs> right? And like, look, there is, there are, there has been like a rise in antisocial behavior as it's measured by the British state, which has a real stake in saying it's there's mm -hmm. a lot of it, right? But there's only a rise compared to like the last year, where overall in the last ten years it's still a dramatic fall. Yeah. Um, probably in, mo in no small part, probably because there are fewer police officers to criminalize people standing around. And also, like, again, a, a fucking again, like, if you want to reduce crime, like, 
fine, right? But the only thing that reduces crime is reducing the deprivation that people are subject to. Yeah. Yeah. That's reducing, the only thing that works. So why are you not interested in doing that? Works, that which was is like reducing the number of crimes it's possible to commit by making yeah. them not crimes. Yeah, but that's like that was part of the point of I hate to defend Blairism. I really do. And I'm not really defending it, but that was like the carrot end of tough on crime, tough on yep. the causes of crime was that they were they were gonna do like some kind of like moderate social democratic thing of addressing poverty, right? Mm. But we can't do that now because th- because we're now we're now we're now one ratchet beyond there, right? So what we're doing is we're doing Preeti Patel law and order, but we're doing it smartly and well-funded yeah tough uh, on and, crime uh tough on the causes of crime which is uh teens yeah and so yeah. What, what ironically the, labor are now please sorry go ahead no one of the shocking things about that story though like you know as you're saying we know how to address crime to address it properly but instead of like actually addressing like you know the root issues of of crime like the poverty and deprivation that people are feeling the solution is oh yeah let's just look at what amazon is doing with these surveillance technologies and roll them out in more aspects of society like i believe that home secretary uh shadow home secretary you were talking about um yeah. talked about you know using ring doorbells and whatsapp groups to kind of roll this infrastructure out um mm-hmm. into the communities and like it's like, do these people read anything about the effects of these technologies before like putting them into public policy and thinking that you should build like a whole new technological policing system around it? Like, oh, uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> of course not. It's, it's just like, you know, if, if you look at the effects of these technologies and I'm not sure exactly how this uh, looks in the UK, but in the United mm. States, like the ring doorbells and these uh, surveillance apps that are connected to them, the neighbors app. Um, next door app, things like that are all based around kind of, (laughs) kind of elevating the, um, like this idea of suburbia as a place of Mm. white flight where white people can like really feel safe from, Oh yeah. Hit to definitely. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I I figured, but you know, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's it's fascinating to see them frame it like the, the labor party as next generation neighborhood watch. When Amazon's literal like mm. um, sales pitch for the Neighbors app, which is the app that's connected to the Ring doorbell, where you can share your videos with your community, is Digital Neighborhood Watch. Like it's so similar mm. in the framing there. And then you think about what these are doing. Like when they've examined this in the uh, U.S., what the effects of these Ring doorbells are, and people being able to surveil more of like what's going on around them, is it makes them more scared because they're seeing things that always happened but now they appear suspicious because they know that they're happening and didn't before and plus as i was saying you know there's this association of the suburbs with whiteness and so the kind of people that they tend to see as suspicious are like when black people are in their neighborhoods and things like that and then they share it around on their apps and you know people are scared of black people being in their neighborhoods and when um, amazon and these companies promote these uh, services it's you know usually framed around like you know white people um, you know, looking at fun things that are happening around them, like, I don't know, people who are at the door who they're talking to, but really like the actual infrastructure and what this is actually doing is incredibly like worrying. Um, and then to see that built into like a policing infrastructure, like the actual public policy of a party um, is, is just wild to think about. 
Oh, Fortunately, good. a British police officer would be so confused by a ring doorbell. <laughs> yeah, he would think it was threatening. Uh, now, I'm talking to yourself, correct, via the medium of this uh, the door opening device. Is that correct? <laughs> Is it a gentleman or a lady that I'm speaking to with yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, you could definitely trap a British police officer in like a dialogue loop using a ring doorbell. Oh, yeah, that British police are like. They're, <laughs> Mr. They're, they're Everett, I was like, helping you to find my gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like oblivion NPCs. They like they clip through the environment, like they have like a set script they have to follow. <laughs> yeah, um, and so uh, the other thing is, I'm also reminded of a uh, citizen that app that basically was like citizen. Yeah, why you, why you... <laughs> that was fully like incentivizing making people terrified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's basically, the, and, and they were even like, um, they even turned like filming crime into gig work. So like if you went around your community and filmed stuff that looked like crime, they would like pay you. I think it was in Florida or L.A. or something where they did this. I love to do I, I love <laughs> the plot of the movie Nightcrawler. Yeah, um, yeah like, basically. Awesome. Yeah. So I think like Nightcrawler. This, with no e. What this is what this is sort of says to me, right, is that the Labour Party as it stands now is a party of like I, I say this quite frequently. Right? This goes from the agile thing to whatever. This is clearly just a group of people individually mm. who really, really wish that instead of being in a political party, they were involved in building uh, software as a service to improve like workflow for Salesforce. Yeah, or like, wish yeah, they yeah. were cops, which you know who's yeah. among us. Yeah, they, well, they wish mm. they were. I think, and that's why they're so easily impressed. By yeah, I, I, I think what happened was they saw a press release and just started clapping like trained seals mm. because you can't take a problem seriously and also be a serious politician in Britain. You cannot mm. do these things. You have to pick one. Under my leadership, this will become the party of doodads, dervishes, googles, and so on. Uh, you've uh, <laughs> you, so. you prefixed. Sorry, I, I think ahead, though, Paris. like if you if you think more deeply about like the proposal that is that is going forward there and like what actually implementing these technologies means, like I think it's mm. an incredibly kind of libertarian idea that's kind of built into these technologies that like you can't mm. rely on your community, that you can't rely on like anything else. Like, you know, everything is unsafe. You should be scared of everything. You need to protect yourself. And so, you know, as you say, there's vigilante apps like Citizen, but even like the Ring apps and, um, you know, next door neighbors, things like this are mm. all about like you have your little sanctuary, which is your home. Mm. And you need to keep it secure at all costs. So you need your camera, you know, on the front door. You need your cameras in the home now just in case anybody gets in. And you need to protect yourself from the scary things that are outside the door. Right. And so mm. now if you are like thinking about what kind of society that we want to live in, you know, making this part of public policy, even not even just making it part of public policy, but allowing this to continue to roll out and to continue to shape like the society that we live in is getting us even further and further from that goal. Like, you know, I think we could go back. I would argue that even expanding home ownership and stuff was ultimately a mistake if we think about the politics of that. But I think that's mm -hmm. for a different conversation. Um, but I, you know, I think that rolling out these technologies, that turning everyone into their own little cop of their own little house and community um, is incredibly like, you know, negative for the community and for like the larger society. And what we're building is ultimately getting us further from the goal of building like a society that works for everyone. And that is kind of aligned with more of the Corbyn goals, I guess, than the Keir Starmer goals. Mm -hmm. Oh, can't have that. Yeah. People, people need their home to be secure because many people in their home store things like very valuable basmati rice, for example. <laughs> and I mean, if you want to think about this, like, 
like, like if you want to th- if you want to apply sort of what this means, right? Which is constant snitch network operating everywhere in Britain, mm. like the worst excesses of next we door. We love snitching. Like, to be fair, as will public win policy, it means that every British person is going to spend nine hours a day uh, talking to the police, either trying to get them to arrest someone mm. or trying to convince them not to arrest them. Everyone will talk to the cops all the time. Well, it's amazing. I mean, we've said this before, but like it, it, it was funny how like during the during the Corbyn era, there was so much like scaremongering about like, oh, he wants to, you know, create Stalinism in Britain when like the British public in aggregate would fucking love Stalinism. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing the British people want more than a 24 hour a day hotline where you can phone up and complain about your neighbors and then they get hauled away by the security services like they would love that. Oh, yeah, A nation of Druzhinics. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there are a few more things on this speech that I want to talk about. uh, Boris Johnson's plans for galactic Britain and why these things are fundamentally the same. Mm. Um, Galactic Britain. So just very quick. (laughs) Stargate SW1. uh, uh, In his great study, The Wealth and Poverty of Nations, David Landis explains why Britain was home to the first industrial revolution. Uh, It tended to favor the new over the old, enterprise over conservatism, and spread rewards evenly to make the most talents for the most of people. Oh, yeah. Industrial Revolution Britain sure had spread the rewards evenly. Mm. Boy, howdy. Yeah, because it relied on the work of everyone, like small children. The most important factor of all the lessons we need to relearn from the Industrial Revolution was that Britain led the world in the technology of the day. The flying shuttle, the spinning jenny, the power loom. Uh, And loom. And the loom. Interestingly. (laughs) (laughs) These inventions were once the wave of the future, and I know Mm. that uh, with labor we can do it again. Join me in the power loom, Mr. Shuttle. I see the initial reference to the loom was just foreshadowing for what was coming. (laughs) Well, Mm. I've mixed up the order a little bit. Um, The remix. So, right, like this, the idea that was, ah, we need to find out whatever the 21st century version of the spinning jenny is mm. and build that here podcast microphone yeah <laughs> um and so as an example of how that sort of cashed out in terms of mm. public services here's what he says about health he says um let me give you a flavor of what care will look like in the future and again the whole point of the labor government is to open up the possibilities for the private sector to deliver these wonderful wonderful things of course these dervishes these googles precisely mm. When I was at the University College Hospital in London recently, an orthopedic surgeon told me about a robot. Okay, <laughs> oh my cool. God, here we go. Fantastic was opening. Did, Thanks, Keir. Was Starmer undergoing a Voight-Kampf test? <laughs> <laughs> it's you, man. Yeah. The robot sits in the operating theater, making sure every incision it's is just right. on its back. <laughs> the surgeon can't go wrong because the robot works like an override system, mm. a bit like a driving instructor in a car. Over time... This means that thousands of hospital beds can be freed up because patients are discharged slightly earlier. The range of possibilities is bewildering. Precision editing of the genome will help us wipe out pathogens. The science of robotics and exoskeletons helps patients who are struggling to move. Virtual reality is being used to alleviate the suffering of post-surgical pain, and this is how health will be remade. And the thing is, if you look at what the Virtual Tories... Virtual reality. So I'm you, in pain, but I also feel like I'm being jacked off. If you look at what <laughs> the Tories have been promising basically since the Brexit turn, mm. it's always been, we are going to free up the white hot light of innovation. That's what it always has been. And so we don't need to, uh, for example, restructure our badly creaking public services Mm. that have uh, off-ramps to private capital basically Mm. at every opportunity because all of these problems are going to be solved with technology. A wizard will do it. Essentially, a wizard will do it. And if you solve these problems with technology, then you can kind of square the circle without having to confront any of the institutional realities that are causing the problems. Mm. 
the problems are bad. A wizard will do yeah. it, but that um, wizard is actually a low-paid worker. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the global south, in Colombia. I, I was yes. talking to someone uh, a few months ago who said that these like surgery robots were yeah. trialed like in the battlefield and were controlled uh -huh. by workers in India. Um, yeah, and then you know, he, he, he asked like the guy who was, I don't know, I don't know if he was selling it or if he was running the company or what, but like, you know, if this was just for the battlefield and he was like, no, we're planning to roll that out, like in the U S as well. And so, you know, in the same way that all these technologies work where we're told like, oh yeah, it's just like the artificial intelligence, the robot's going to do it. Don't worry. You know, I think with these surgery bots, it's going to be the same thing where you're just going to have remote workers like somewhere else in the world that are being paid shit wages mm. instead of using awesome. your actual doctors. Yeah. I love to be bleeding out on the battlefield and we're like, why isn't the robot doing anything? And then the <laughs> robot suddenly goes, your call is very important to us. <laughs> well, I mean, all of our operators are currently if busy. Because if, if you want to... If you want to have a low-paid labor force that doesn't have any rights, a great yeah, thing doesn't? to do is to, you know, have them con remote controlling everything. But also, right, like... But this is was just... about, like, raising the borders and keeping those workers out, right? So naturally, yeah. you know, it, it's, you know it, it makes me think back to that movie I was telling you about again, Sleep Dealer, where, like, the idea is the borders are closed, but you still need the low-wage low labor. So instead of actually letting it into the country, you just have it control, like, remote technologies and just keep getting paid shit somewhere else in the world. Brexit has sparked a lot of innovation. Let's give it its <laughs> due. Like the innovation in terms of both like five dimensional thinking required to pretend that everything is fine, and also innovation in terms of, uh, I guess the, the army are going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the thing I sort of want to highlight, like before we move on to Space Britain and close our episode out, right, is, and we'll see this in Space Britain too, is that part of the realism that has set is exists in the UK and has for a long time is means that the movement of politics can mm. never be anything but forward. You can mm. never fix something that's broken. You have to invent something that makes it a non-problem. And yeah. so what it means is that there is this rot, there is this shiny shell that is constantly expanding where mm. everything is sort of in balance at the very bleeding edge. But as soon as you get back from the bleeding edge, it's just rotten. Mm. And the rot is chasing the edge. And so it's yeah. expanding, but it's just rot. That's all that's in the middle of it now. Wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. <laughs> we live in a society, just, and it's a rotting society. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we, we can't, we, for example, can we, can we readdress how- We live in how, the belly yeah. of the machine, and this machine yeah. is leveling up. <laughs> so mm. can, we, can we address, for example, why, um, why, so, why there is so much privatization within the health service, right? Or can we let's talk about the energy sector because it's so mm. relevant? Can we address why the energy sector's problems happen? No, but what we can do is try to keep it ticking over while we invent something that means that we don't have to think about those problems anymore. Yeah. It's so funny that like we don't think it's possible to have non-privatized energy where most of the private energy suppliers are the state energy suppliers of other European countries. <laughs> yeah. Galaxy brains. Well, speaking of galaxies. Yeah, we're ex our brains expanding into we're, them. We're going to be galactic Britain. Yeah. Uh, and this is because this is the Tory half, right? Because they need to keep eye catching policies. And so they've said, look, space is a vital part of the UK economy. No, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> you could say space is a vital part of the UK, which would have been even better. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Space is only a vital part of the UK economy because it's the easiest place that we can push that balanced, polished edge to mm. so it can escape the rot behind it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the rot has reached escape velocity. Mm. So satellites and space activities deliver navigation, weather forecasting, power grid monitoring, financial transactions, and better uh, public services. Yeah, but yeah, we they, don't they, operate they, them. They show, they show us all of the things that we can't do. Right. Yeah, yeah American could, and Chinese satellites provide. <laughs> the UK just wants I, I to love, be the leader in billionaire space travel. That's all. Yeah. Mm. I, I love better public services. Like... That, that's, that's what I think gives the whole game away, right? No, we know what gives you better public services, which is having them. Yeah. And not sort of yeah, running them down on purpose. No, no, no. We, we can't have them, but we can't improve them. <laughs> the new strategy that the Tories have released is about putting the UK firmly in the front rank of the global space industry and global Britain, which does hasn't existed, yeah. uh, not real, uh, mm. becoming Galactic Britain. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything, but I love it. The Galactic Britain. The Galactic Britain. In, so Boris Johnson has installed Stellaris, is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, one time. But it's, it's like... Um, Basil Star Galactica. What was it you said to me earlier, Alice? <laughs> I, uh, what we I said to you about? earlier was that the only thing we can do is the impossible. That's yeah. the only political prescription we can have. Yes. is something that we're at no risk of having to actually implement. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. When I um, read this so, policy, though, like the story about this, like I remembered yeah. the discussion during Brexit about like how much of it was um, wanting to go back to this time before when, you know, the UK had an empire and was like this great power in the world. And it just seemed to me to be like almost an admission that, you know, the UK is never going to have a role on Earth anymore. So it needs mm -hmm. to try to like extend its power into space if it's going to have any yeah. further relevance. Like Command the and Conquer, Red Alert Three. We're extending. <laughs> we're going to the only place free of wokeness. Yeah. Space. <laughs> have you ever played uh, Destiny? Um, <laughs> <laughs> North North Star FC. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking yeah. a pint of Interstellar. Go, oh, very fun. Yeah, that's a fun there one. Go. Right. So, um, here's what Johnson says in the forward to the document. Says the possibilities that now lay ahead, the ambitions that would be let slip, the breakthroughs that we could look forward to, and of course, when I was five years old, uh, seeing the moon landing made me want to be an astronaut myself. Such as the such as the unique power of space. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I fucking love Boris Johnson. Like <laughs> as much as he's like he's like Trump. Like as much as he sucks politically, he's so relentlessly entertaining. Like he's so much more likable than almost any other politician because at least he knows everything he's saying is total bullshit. Like he's not Keir Starmer standing up there going like I'm very I'm a very serious man and I want you to alter. And Boris Johnson's like I don't fucking know. I'd love to be an astronaut. Bloody <laughs> top hole space. <laughs> fucking awesome. Like it's great. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a just. William novel going into space and having a ripping time finding everything very weird wrong what if you could play cricket in space bloody top hole <laughs> so such as the unique power of space turbocharging both our technology and our imagination second time around it yeah. just gets better uh, this strategy is about changing our role from a behind the scenes mm. power uh, to essentially not one yeah. uh, about tapping our vast pools of talent and enthusiasm and putting the <laughs> well, UK uh, excuse me firmly at the front rank of the global space industry and again what he really means is um, what he really means is these dreams these promises mm. they are just going to kick them up a level of abstraction mm. we're just going to keep doing that what he really right? means is Dominic that Richard Grant. Branson is just going to get like a ton of new subsidies for Virgin Galactic to try to set oh, up 100%. a base in the UK yeah. 
and not produce yeah, anything. You're going to sue worthwhile. the NHS from space. Yeah, if, you, if you look at the like details of these spaceports that they want to build, essentially what they oh, amount fuck. to is uh, an airport with some liquid natural gas tanks, which will be empty because we can't fill those. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. And like, in theory, we could. Yeah. And some CO2 tanks, because what they want to do is to launch satellites off of uh, off of planes, right? Mm. Like air launch satellites. Now, would you like to guess the upper, like the payload capacity? How much a satellite weighs that you can get into orbit that way? In like in like Ooh. in kilograms. Oh, is it going to be like one of those like mini ones that's just for advertising? It's it's a kilogram. It's one kilogram. That's so small. <laughs> oh, that's not such great. a tiny. That's such a tiny satellite because it's just a little guy. But it's innovation will make it boy. useful, so it'll work. Yeah. So we have our spaceports that don't really work, yes. and then we want to create more jobs by putting rocket boosters the size of Saturn's V of the Saturn V's F one under British space business. Metaphorical, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and, and right, uh, uh, so much of this, so much of this, like like usual, what this really is is it's a task force in government, and then a mandate for the British investment bank and so on to invest in startups. I want Liz Truss making a speech like live from a spacewalk. <laughs> I want that so much. I wanted to talk about the business we can do with space. So in fact, one of the companies that they've invested in as part space, of this strategy, the final pork market via <laughs> one of these businesses they've invested in uh, via mm. like this this program. Right? Mm. It's called Arkit, A R Q I T, which is a SPAC. Which uh, promises, yeah, just like uh, makes some sort of dubious promises about quantum about quantum security, where they basically say mm. there's an alg- at some point uh, normal key infrastructure will be broken by quantum computers. It's not this point, but it might happen soon. Yeah. Um, and okay. so we have an algorithm that we can't really explain to you, but promise we us we have a science based racing system. Yeah. Promise, promise you, it's wizard. <laughs> it, it's proper good. Uh, yeah. And then what they're going to do is send it to you via satellite. So you get your public key encryption via a random number generated by a quantum computer via satellite. It's a random number generated by how many illegitimate children Boris Johnson yeah. has. <laughs> so, right. But, uh, but this is, let's just say this is a company that we would talk about on this show, mm-hmm. right? It's that sort of, I think, open to criticism for possibly being nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is much of the, much of like, like so many ambitious public uh, public programs under the Tories, mm. uh, what this really is going to be is a boondoggle for like different Theranoses. Awesome. The private space industry is just like a load of bullshit though, right? Like there are a yeah. bunch of countries, Luxembourg is like a major one in Europe that are trying to compete for these like mm. private space companies. And like, it's all bullshit. Like it's really just the privatization of the public space program. And in the US, mm. you see like they're giving billions of dollars in subsidies to Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, like the richest men in the world. So they can play around in space and like take their little trips up there and just take over the infrastructure of space. So instead of like, you know, having NASA control things or, you know, I don't know what the British space agency was, if it still even has one. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's literally it, it, just UK space agency, the most yeah, okay. <laughs> new space agency name. But yeah, so you know, it's like you know, you're just privatizing what is happening and giving billions of dollars in subsidies to these private companies that I would argue, like, probably aren't even going to do it as well as the public company could. I just want to say that uh, if Luxembourg are involved, you know what that means. Uh, 
Hi, I'm 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 Job Wonderfelching, and uh, we've just acquired a company that is going to put the first twink in space. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to the dark rooms on Saturn. Um, so there's a, a few of their goals that and 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 plans. Then we'll we'll, we'll close it out there, right? Uh, one of the goals is to use the space program to promote British values. What, we will in, in space, or we will yeah, British values in space. What if we put all of those British values we love of an open and stable international order through our engagement on space in space? You know, what if we had like yeah, what know, the WTO that? in space? Yeah, what if um, that? Fantastic. Demonstrate our global our global leadership and drive discussions on space safety, security, and sustainability, and hold other nations to account for their actions in space while we basically just like cover like low Earth orbit with kilogram like size satellites after having bought yeah one net. This is fantastic. Genius. This uh, is the best thing Britain has ever done. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, it it goes it goes to like we always talk about how Potemkin this country is, right? How season four is all about how like Britain and the West, sort of more broadly, like aren't really that real. Like the yeah. the tigers are becoming very paper. Well, the Labour Party are a Potemkin opposition, right? Like they just kind of stand there and go like, "Oh, oh, oh the problems yeah. are bad, but the causes are good." Uh, so the goal goal five. <laughs> Use space to deliver for UK citizens around the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, and the world, excuse me. We will use space to tackle global challenges, including climate change. Why not? Why fucking not? Awesome. Yeah. And deliver... <laughs> oh, we're going to fire the temperature into space. Yeah. <laughs> and deliver better, pu- better services to the public, such as modernizing our transport system, supporting the NHS, and protecting our borders. How will you modernize transport using space? Oh, autonomous cars. You can take cars. rockets around the world now. Yeah, yeah awesome. It's, and it's very great for the green, environment, yeah, too. You know? I'm yeah. going to take a rocket. I'm going to take a rocket from where I live in East London to We're where back I work in East London. Mail. That's yes. right. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, but also it's vacuum tubes all over the country. Yeah, but also, they, with a transport system, what they mean is self-driving cars that can be like geofenced, right? Yeah, but and again, it doesn't matter that that doesn't that work. That doesn't work. It doesn't matter that it doesn't work because it's not fun. It's these guys just they just so we can only every, do stupid things that we won't can, we won't ever we have can, to do. Yeah, we can only do stupid things that excite individual policymakers who are all the easily there's the easiest easiest to trick group of morons this country has ever produced. The thing is, if you were to call self driving, you could do anything, or you can play whiff waff, or have sex with a woman who's not your wife, <laughs> or play whiff waff with a woman who's not your wife. So. <laughs> I feel like it's been a black pill for me the past few years to see how like, you know, back in like the mid 2010s, like a lot of people believed that self-driving cars and that a bunch of this bullshit was really going to transform society. Right. But we can see that that is not going to happen. That's been obvious for years now. But then you still have like these politicians, these incredibly powerful people who continue to push like these fantasies long after like anyone who knows anything realizes mm. that it's never going to happen like it's it's just wild it, it's mm. very it, it's because you cannot it, it, i think it's because politics especially and especially the intersection of technology and politics the greatest cardinal sin in this world is to take it seriously mm. right you 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 may not be a buzzkill who takes the problem seriously you have to be invested in the fun yeah sincerity mm. right? is the only unforgivable crime yeah and so if you actually want to fix the transport system, then, sorry, you can't. You have to do something that doesn't work. You need to yeah, call in right. Elon Musk to build a tunnel to the beach or, like, around your conference center instead of actually, yeah. like, making mm-hmm. public transit better. Yeah. Elon Musk is going to have to build a tunnel to family court. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and uh, you know what? We support him now. We do. Yeah. Fa- a he's a father for justice. From yeah. my <laughs> window to yours. Anyway, uh, I'm, we've gone a- over a-, a time a little bit, so uh, I just want to say, Paris, thank you so much for, again, coming for this long, delayed visit. Yeah, it was great to join you guys to chat about how much Keir Starmer sucks. Um, yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you for edging for years before coming on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> I'm really happy uh, that we were able to reveal to you exactly what it is that he said. <laughs> I'm really pleased. Oh, it's not much. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it was quite a. It was actually quite a bit. It was a lot of words, many but words. nothing was communicated. I feel even worse about <laughs> yeah. British politics now, and I didn't know that was possible. Good. That's the mm. point. Anyway, uh, so don't forget uh, to check out Tech Won't Save Us, uh, and also don't forget to check out our Patreon. Five bucks a month, second episode a week. You know what to do. The bonus one. It's not the free one. It's the other one. <laughs> exactly. Every also Britnology. We'll see you there. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.